One of the best feelings in life is feeling anchored. When the waves of life come, you stay confident, stable, and secure. So how do we stay connected in a world full of distractions? We think honest conversations can help. I'm Allie. And I'm Lenise. Two friends who just want to chat about how to be our best selves. Thanks for joining us. This is Anchored in Life. Well, hey, do you want to know one of my least favorite things to talk about on this planet? Don't say it. Positivity. No. Being positive. Oh, it's so important. You know, my grandmother used to say all the time, it takes more energy to frown and be mad and negative than it does to smile and be positive and have joy in your heart. She's right. I will be the first to admit that I am very wrong about not liking to talk about positivity. I wanted to start off with something because I Googled this because I was very curious knowing we were going into this conversation. Mm. So I've always considered myself a pessimist. So this was from some psychology website or something, but it says an optimist is someone who sees the good and the positive in everything. The pessimist sees the bad and the negative. On the other hand, the realist doesn't mind whether it's good or bad. Hmm. Because I think I'll say, I'm a pessimist, and then I'll follow that up with, but I'm a realist. And now I'm Hmm. realizing that I can't be both. (laughs) Yeah, no. So I'm a pessimist. You are not. You are very positive. You have a lot of joy. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy talking to you. If you were this Debbie Downer all the time, then no. I think that you are a realist. That Mm -hmm. would just be my personal observation. I think that you recognize the potential for things to go bad. And so you try to get ahead of it, but not because you are feeling negative about it, more or less just to try to prevent a problem. A problem solver is what I would call you. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. In my reflection, I was thinking about how I have no problem giving other people positive things to say. If someone said, oh, I think I'm going to lose my job today. I would say everything I could to make them feel like that wasn't going to happen. But when it comes to my self-talk, it's the complete opposite which is why I think I just called myself a pessimist just now. Mm -hmm. Because all I remember and all I feel like I can see is the negative. What are you? I strive to be positive. And I I was thinking about this this episode and the message I, I really wanted to convey as to why positivity is so important. It is so important to not only fill yourself with positive thoughts, but the people around you. Because the more you are promoting positivity in others, the more positive they will be, and that energy will be attracted to you. It has such a significant impact, not just on our mental well-being, but our physical health too, our relationships. You can cultivate a positive mindset. You really can. And we are more likely to experience happiness and joy and contentment in our lives when we do so. I've read a number of books. You know, a lot of people read romance novels or comedies. I gravitate towards self-help books. And one of the ones that I love 
is by Don Miguel Ruiz, and it's called The Four Agreements. Have you heard about that one yet? I haven't. I have it literally in my hand. Those are the pages. There's the proof. And I have so many earmarked pages and highlights in this book. It's all about creating a more positive and fulfilling life. And the main takeaways are these four agreements. Be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity and avoid using words to hurt yourself or others. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. Number three, don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. And then number four is to always be your best. So always putting that best foot forward. And I just, I learned so much through this book about how you can just live life in a more upliving way. What would you say is your main struggle in not doing that yourself? It can be difficult to stay positive and uplifted when you're surrounded by negative people, which is why I say it's always important to make sure that you're encouraging others by being positive when you're around them so you have more of those people around you. But it can be hard when you are around the negative Nancy, as I like to say, to Mm -hmm. focus on, on being positive. But that's what you have to do. You have to buckle down and go inward to your own thoughts and feelings rather than letting that negativity affect you and dictate how you're going to behave. You can also try to find other positive people to surround yourself with or you know, get involved with activities that make you happy, bring you joy. I love to write. I love running. I love cooking, finding new recipes. So I end up doing some of those things and then practicing mindfulness, Allie. I would like to proudly say that I have meditated one and a half times this week. Yes. And the half time was in my car. So I'm not counting it as full because I couldn't like close my eyes. But I was breathing and thinking and listening to the soothing voice of the lady on the app. That's encouraging. It only takes the one step And then you take another and another, and eventually you have a habit that you become addicted to, and you become more mindful, and your perspective Mm -hmm. is a more positive one. It can just shift your mood into having more gratitude. I'm so glad you said that word. When I was thinking about this and what to talk about, you cannot unravel positivity and gratitude from each other. Because when Mm -hmm. I was thinking about examples of positive thoughts or a way that I could turn a negative one into a positive one, it a lot of times gravitated towards being thankful for something. I mean, we have a shared faith that's kind of a pillar in actually most faiths, I guess I would, I guess now that I'm thinking about it is, is gratitude. I think there's a reason that is included in spiritual connection and a lot of religions. Gratitude really grounds you. And you can try to live your life without it, but it will always be part of the recipe to bring you back to that mindfulness and back to being grounded and and anchored and everything. That's what I think the ingredient that I'm missing. I try to go, not on purpose, I think I just naturally go days without being thankful Mm -hmm. out loud. 
I mean, and by out loud, I mean, yes, I could literally say it to someone or say it to myself, but in my head, I'm ungrateful for the opportunities that I have. I'm not happy about this meeting that I have to go to. I'm not thinking (laughs) about all the other things after it. I'm not thinking about, okay, yeah, when the meeting's over, you've discussed that hard topic and then you can have the action items to move on. And I'm talking about at work. I don't have meetings in my house. Like, oh, you have meetings in your house because you have two children. You have family meetings. I was about to say, we have family meetings. (laughs) But we're not there yet. You know, I ask this a lot. Why am I like this? And we don't have time to talk about that. But what is that barrier for me that stops my brain at the point of not even going to gratitude? And I really think it's what a lot of what we talked about last episode is I don't stop and think. I am naturally negative. I know that. That is a fact. Why don't I sit down and turn like you taught me last podcast, sit there, let the negative thought come and then turn it into a positive one? you know, taking those thoughts captive. It takes practice. It does. It does. And I think I get annoyed that it doesn't come naturally. So then in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not that person. I'm just not like that. And that's a cop out. That's me not taking accountability for that. And it's a little bit lazy on my end too, of not trying, you know, because if somebody was like that around me and I knew them well enough, I would ask them, hey, what do you do to kind of cleanse your mind? What do you do to sit still and make sure you're grounded? And if the answer was nothing much, actually, I don't really do that. It's like, okay, I think I figured out your problem. (laughs) Or how frequently you do it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, trying to get by on doing it once a month ain't going to cut it. And I think you you brought up a good point by saying, and I'm not calling you lazy, but using your words, you get lazy in getting comfortable with that negative mindset mm-hmm. because you recognize it. And mm-hmm. in that moment of recognizing it, you could just grant yourself some grace and say, okay, I'm human. No, this is not fun, but I'm going to look on the bright side of all this rain that has been falling for the last week here. And I'm going to be grateful because my water bill is going to be less expensive and I'm going to have a lush lawn to show for it mm-hmm. and be positive. But as as long as you, and I go back to the word lazy, but that's, that's the wrong one. But as long as you're not lazy and staying in that headspace, you have to recognize it and then be disciplined enough to move out of it. When you were saying those positive things, just thinking out loud here, I was having a visceral reaction. What? My body wants to immediately reject anything that is overly positive. Like when you said my water bill is going to go down and my lawn's going to be lush, I just wanted to immediately reject that and say something like, yeah, but it's going to be muddy when you walk around your yard now and then that mud's going to come in your house and then you're going to have to clean your floors more. Allie, that surprises me that you, I would not think of you to say that. <laughs> I was just thinking and going, what? I mean, that, well, that was the very, first very true. thought that popped into my head. You're a very close friend of mine. So obviously I'm not going to say that out loud. That was the first thing that came into my mind just now. Do you think it depends on the day? It probably does. Yeah. There's probably days where I would say something yeah. even more negative and cut you off even as you're saying your positive comments. But see... I was talking to my husband just now because we just ate dinner. (laughs) He is whatever negative Nancy is for positivity. That's what he is. Mm -hmm. 
And when I don't want that or need that, I'm like, can you please stop? Like, this isn't helping. Because there is a time where I can receive it and it's good, but there's also a time where it's just really, really annoying and I can't even receive it in the state that I'm in. But nine times out of 10, it's helpful because it's almost like I'm trying to validate what I'm feeling and then he kind of stops me right in my tracks and goes, you don't have to think about it like that. And then it kind of shuts me down. It's not, and it's not because he doesn't want to hear it. He does want to hear how I'm feeling, but his mind from my perspective does naturally go to the positive side of things. So when he's a little bit negative, that's kind of a clue for me that he's a little off. Dylan, my husband is similar in that he doesn't want to hear you complaining. He says a person who complains is just a person who's not looking to solve the problem. If you're going to come to me with a complaint, I need a solution. And he is a very positive person. In our relationship, he is the Mr. Positivity. And I'm more of just a realist. I I am not this positive, positive person by any means. But I'm not a, a negative. I don't want to keep picking on Nancy. <laughs> a negative Naomi. Okay. You know, I'm I'm a realist. When people who tend to respond more positively when you are venting or pointing out what you deem to be obvious, they're more or less looking for a solution. And so their positivity, I think, is based in that. And that's why you hear them automatically come back to you and say, well, but because they more or less want to know how to fix it. And I think for people who are too positive, you know, I think sometimes too, that can be a problem. Well, there's two things to that. There's the people who (laughs) come off very, very positive, almost comes off like they're naive. I don't know how to relate to someone like that. So it kind of automatically makes me feel like I don't know how to talk to you if I feel like you're being naive to things for the sake of being positive. And then I also feel like there's people who just straight up lie to be positive. And I don't love that either. That's certainly not helpful. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess ignorance is bliss. You know, if that's what you're trying to do to protect someone that you love or whatever, you know, I'm thinking of all these TV shows and that's always their excuse. Like I was trying to protect you. So I think there's a way to do it where you can still be truthful and positive. And if the truth isn't positive, then you need to hear it anyway. I don't know if you agree with that. It's so important to find the balance between positivity and realism. You know, a positivity is a good thing. It is great for your mental and physical health, but it's important to also be a realistic person and acknowledge negative emotions and situations when they come up. You know, if you're too positive, as you were saying, you either ignore or Mm -hmm. deny that there is a problem or that there is a negative feeling and suppressing your feelings is not healthy either. You know, that can have all kind of negative consequences in the long term. So you have to find that balance between being positive and being a realist. What do you mean by that? Your outlook will determine how you respond to situations. So, for example, if when I wake up in the morning and automatically, oh, that alarm clock went off too early. I press the snooze button. I could reach it Mm -hmm. off again. It's going to be a no good, very bad day. That outlook right there is going to set the tone for how you respond to anything else 
that comes to you later in that day. Someone's going to come up to you and they're going to say, you know, Allie, we need to have a meeting. Uh, you know, the IT department is, is having a, a problem with getting the supplies in for the new printer. You go in for the meeting and the meeting lasts a little longer than expected because, you know, the guy was late with his lunch break. So not only are you upset because there's a meeting, you're even equally more upset because the meeting lasts longer. But it all really started with your outlook from when you woke up because the alarm went off too early and you couldn't turn it off. Back up to the moment you wake up. So do the other scenario of making it positive. So the other scenario is you wake up and the alarm goes off too early you press the snooze button and that thought comes in, ah, it went off too early, but at least I'm awake now and I can get a head start on my day. I'll have extra time to allow for other things that may pop up that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. But it does require discipline. It is so much easier said than done. But if you recognize it, if you know in the moment that you are in a funk, mm-hmm then you also know that you can get yourself out of that funk. Right. No, I think that's very relatable for anyone. It For me. Everything we've talked about <laughs> on this podcast requires discipline. I don't think we're ever going to find something that doesn't. So they are all intertwined with each other. I'm thinking about me going through that scenario. One of the things that popped into my mind, surprisingly... One of the things that maybe I would have done is, oh, it went off too early. I'm grateful that I get to press news for 20 minutes. That's positive, right? (laughs) Yes, that's positive. But in my scenario, you can't reach the snooze and it keeps going off. So now you're awake. Okay, well, I didn't know that little detail. Okay, so now I'm awake. Then yes, I would use the same thing that you said, which is, all right, well, I'm up. I can take the dog out earlier and then I can just kind of sit and maybe or like answer this email. I always feel like I don't have enough time to do that. I also like to sit and kind of think about all the people in my life, make sure I'm not missing a birthday or mm, that's something. Yeah. But when I have space in my day to do that is when it happens. Usually I'm thinking of all of this in the shower, which is irritating because I can't really reach my phone. It's do I give myself enough space? I have gotten much better as I've gotten older. When you're younger, you know how you can just roll out of bed and go to the thing that you're supposed to be at, like class. I cannot do that anymore. I cannot be only awake for an hour before I get to work. I mean, it just, that day is going to go terribly if I try to do that. It's just not enough space. You need how much time after you wake up? Two and a half hours. No, you don't. Before I go into work? Why? Is it just because of getting ready time or is it just No, well, getting ready time is like an hour of it. I need, I need space between waking up and no one being in my face. If there's not a lot of distance between me spending time alone and then going into work where I am surrounded by people, and especially if it's a day with meeting after meeting after meeting. And what you could do in those moments where just life isn't allowing you to take a break. And I've mentioned this to you before, and not just because it sounds good, but because it's something that I do. You need to have a journal with you. And there are all different types of journals that you keep, but this one is your gratitude practice book. 
you need to whip it out in the moment and immediately write down what you're thankful for in that moment. If it's just that you're thankful for the opportunity to be a leader, to be a manager, then that's what you write. If you don't have your your journal with you or you don't want to write it down, then you break out your phone and you do a voice dictation. But that's mm-hmm. when you need to have that discipline and do it. Mm-hmm. And listen, for me, it's it's not always easy. And I call them my extra patience moments. I had one of those moments just yesterday. And I had to remind myself, you know, instead of starting to go down the negative train, you need to tell yourself all the positives that will come out of this situation and see that first. You know what the incentive is? how much more of that energy is going to be attracted to us. It feels good to be around other people who are positive. It it really does. Now, being positive and perky are two different things. I can't handle perky early in the morning. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, morning people. Do not come near me. Yeah, we're the same that way. I need at least five minutes after the alarm goes off. To just sit there? Yes, I need five minutes for my eyes to fully awake, for me to take a deep breath, and for me to just realize the day has started. I need five Mm -hmm. minutes. But my daughter, Phoenix, will come into the room and she'll say, Mom, it's it's daylight. The sun is up. Open your eyes. (laughs) And I'm like, Phoenix, I love you, honey, but give me a minute. And that's all I'll say. Give me a minute. It is truly that. Um, and it doesn't matter what time it is because you know I can wake up anywhere between 5.30 and 7.30. I just need that five minutes. But I don't set a second alarm. When I wake up, I certainly do not roll right out. I definitely do what you just described. I take my dog on a walk. I'm moving my body for those two hours or hour and a half before, and then I'm getting ready. And then obviously it depends on if I've got a shower or not, because that's a whole thing. If I do, I certainly need to just not go straight into something. And so it needs to be shifted. I don't have great discipline sometimes when my day actually starts at eight instead of nine in terms of me being at something, Mm. my discipline will lack a little bit in, in pushing everything an hour earlier. Mm -hmm. And then I pay for it. But I like the thing you said about the gratitude journal. And I'm really trying to take advantage of the car. You and I have the same length of time for our commute. I think it's the perfect time for me to be focused because driving is one of those activities where you're doing it mindlessly. And so your mind is just distracted enough to kind of focus on something else. And I explained this in another episode that I always have to have something on in the background for my mind to kind of listen to. So it's monotonous and I can focus on something. And that's why I tried the meditation in the car today. And I really felt like I could get locked in. I'm just trying to figure out not having enough time is not an excuse. And I'm really trying to be gentle with myself about that. But I'm also trying to not let it be a cop out like, oh, you don't have time. Your day is so stacked. Well, who made it that way? Yes, there are a lot of things out of my control, especially the, with the job that I have. I'm, I'm not setting these meetings. They're set by someone else. I have to go. But I'm not there 24-7. So the rest of the hours are on me. Right. And I got to take responsibility for that. And I think even it's okay if you fall short. It's okay. As long as the desire is there to do better the next time. I just, mm-hmm. I just want you to try. 
And that's and that's not me talking to you directly. That's me talking to anyone listening. Just just try. It's me talking to myself. Try. And one thing I've realized is when I am a negative Nancy Naomi, <laughs> negativity, I can't think of one thing that it actually does that's good. Did we get any closer to a solution with your negativity? No. Do you feel better? No. Did you make anyone else feel better? No. It's where our minds go automatically, but it doesn't do any good. The only thing that will is trying to be positive. No, you don't have to be unrealistic about that positivity. And I really don't like it when people bring it into a meeting or bring it into something that my team and I are doing. I also understand that I'm that person sometimes. I get kind of a taste of my own medicine sometimes. Like, (laughs) oh. Ooh, is that how that feels? Yikes. Don't like that. No one wants to hear it. No. And no one wants to be around it. It makes you uncomfortable. It creates such tension in your heart. And I don't know why that emotion is so strong for us as humans. Anger and fear. They're very strong emotions. And so we gravitate to that very quickly. I want to be the opposite of that. But like you said, you got to practice. I want to mention another book that helped me in terms of just being more forgiving. Because one of the things with the four agreements, when it talks about doing your best, and, and I'm quoting him here, your best is going to change from moment to moment. It's going to be different when you're healthy as opposed to when you're sick. Under any circumstances, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Self-judgment is something that I have long struggled with. And it, it starts with the heart. And so I purchased this book. It's um, by Sarah Blondin, and it's called Heart Minded. And it's a guide to help you towards living a more heart-minded, heart-centered life. So in addition to meditation and exercises, it helps you practice how to reconnect with your inner self, find peace, love, and joy in your everyday life. And that's how I'm able to better flip that switch to being more positive because inwardly, I'm more connected to my heart. And my heart doesn't want all that stress and tension. It wants love. So it's easier for me to recognize now, oh, you are not being very nice. You're being really negative right now. Even if it's not verbally, mentally, I know. Flip that switch. Your heart feels weird in this space. So when you say forgiveness, do you mean that it's mostly inward? Like you're forgiving yourself? Yeah. For even going there, you know, you, you start to judge yourself. You start to say, oh man, gosh, darn it. I did it again. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And, and you know what, where it can be really easy to fall into office chit chat, not to mention You work for a news station, so the news is not exactly the most positive thing in the world. You do a really good job of making sure those stories are in your shows. But just in general, news is so negative. Hence the gratitude practice. What am I grateful for? I am grateful for those positive stories we talked about. I am Mm. grateful for a new segment that we have called Doing Good, literally. That's what it's called. 
You know, and I'm grateful for my podcast, Living It Up with Lanise. I'm grateful for this podcast, Anchored in Life. It is all about just being able to recognize when you're going down that path. We just, we don't have a lot of time, Allie. Don't have a lot of time. How do you want to spend it? When my husband helps me or when I help someone else, what I am doing is feeding them a more positive thought than the one that they just told me. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about, you know, you're your own best friend, that's what you've got to do. That thought did not come naturally to you. Okay, well, it's there. We've felt it. We've said it, said it out loud. Now let's replace it or follow it with something more positive because the only place we're going, if you're adding more negativity to this, is down. We've got enough of it in our face, on the TV and on our phones Mm. that the least we can do is not give it to ourselves as well. You know, and that, that analogy of just me being my own best friend is really helpful to me. So speaking of being positive, let's tell the people what we're going to do for the next one. We're practicing mindfulness. We are. Lanise and I are going to try meditating. For me, that's going to be just starting (laughs) meditating, starting to meditate. For you, that's going to be increasing your time and frequency, correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to try that for a couple weeks, and then the podcast will be about Lanise and I talking about how that went and how we feel, and I'm going to be journaling or talking into my phone, whatever makes more sense for me where I am, and I think it will just be good to have that time to reflect with each other, you being more experienced than me in it. I think you'll be able to help me unpack maybe some emotions or things that I struggled with. And then I know it's been a goal of yours to increase your meditation time. So I am curious to hear how that goes for you. I'm excited. We wanted to say it out loud so we couldn't take it back. (laughs) We're not taking it back. We're not taking it back. We did. Mm -hmm. I need things in writing or spoken word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been spoken. (laughs) It's been spoken and now it's on a public podcast. So here we go. So I'm excited. This was one of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast was so that you and I could talk about things that we've done and can help each other. But I also want to form better habits through this. Mm -hmm. In talking with you, you are like a role model to me. And there's a lot of great decisions that you make on a daily basis that I just don't think anyone has ever presented to me before, like meditation. Although I get a lot of Instagram ads for meditation apps. Don't know what that says about me. Oh, probably because it's hearing me right now, but Uh oh, and fun fact, I already had insight timer on my phone. I love it. It, It's a really good app. It's really good. Everyone should download it. I think this is only going to help the positive vibes in my head because I think it's kind of impossible to walk away from a meditation, especially a guided one without feeling at least 1% better. It is the best feeling. And I would encourage you, you know, listening, I would encourage you to try it as well. Positive vibes, positive vibes. All right. So when you're hearing this, you're going to start meditating. And then in two weeks, you're going to reflect with us. Yeah. So, okay. Give people who are brand new like me advice on the frequency and amount of time we should start with. I would just say start first by trying to sit still 
turn off any noise in your room, house, or car, and just sit. Your eyes can be open or closed, and see if you can maintain focus on how it feels as your breath is coming in and out. Just focus on that. Because for a lot of people, that's going to be hard enough. Yeah, I think after you try it first, you'll be able to know what you can fit into your day and the frequency and things Mm -hmm. like that. I'm just so goal-oriented. So if you tell me a number, I'm going to do it just like a half marathon. So here we go. Thank you for another lovely conversation. We'll see you next time. We'll hear you next time. We'll chat with you.